Section 22 of Good Morning, Boys and Girls by Reverend Thomas J. Hostey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Roundup. Good morning, boys and girls. Do you like to watch Western movies? Do you enjoy seeing pictures on TV about Hopalong Cassidy and other cowboys like him? I thought you did. You remind me of a couple of my nephews, who are around your age. My sister has a hard time dragging them away from the TV set, even to eat, when there is a western movie being shown. They've watched so many cowboy pictures that I warn them that they'd better look out, or they'd start looking like horses. I'm sure all of you know that the men who take care of the thousands and thousands of cows and steers out in the west are known as cowboys. Come to think of it, I wonder why they aren't called cowmen. It certainly seems funny to call a man with white hair, like Hopalong Cassidy, a cowboy. Oh, well, perhaps the owners of the ranches insist on referring to them as boys, so that they won't have to pay them a man's salary. When I was a small boy, one of my favorite games was cowboys and Indians. I used to have a toy gun. We called them cap guns. And I would spend hours in pretending to be a cowboy, riding around on my make-believe black and white pony. We would sneak up on the boys who had to take the part of the Indians. None of us ever wanted that part, and pretend to shoot them. There was a big vacant lot, which we named the Prairie, where we would gallop our imaginary horses through the tall weeds. That was my idea of what the Wild West actually looked like. All the boys in my gang wanted to be cowboys when they grew up. Why, even when we took a ride on the merry-go-round, we pretended we were cowboys. Once a year, my father and mother used to take the whole family on an all-day picnic to Lincoln Park. How I always looked forward to that day not only because of the picnic itself, but because at Lincoln Park they had real live ponies, and my father would always let us go for a few rides on them. But I'd better get back to the subject of cowboys before the time for my sermon is over. The main job a cowboy has to perform is to take care of the cows. He sees that they are driven to places where they can get plenty of grass to eat and water to drink. He leads them to a big, wide-open space called the range, where they can wander around and get plenty of exercise. Once a year all the cows and steers are gathered together for a special reason. I wonder if any of you young cowpunchers can tell me what they call it out west, when the entire herd is brought to one place. Yep, they call it a round-up. Now who can explain why the cows and steers are assembled for a round-up? Well, some of you boys and girls must be related to Hopalong Cassidy, or Gene Autry, or Roy Rogers. In case some of you might suspect it, I want to deny that I am any relative to Trigger, Roy Rogers' horse. You certainly are on the beam today. I didn't think so many of you would know that cows and steers are brought together to be branded. For the benefit of the young ladies in the first, second, and third grade, let me explain what branding means. Each cow owner has a mark of his own, which he stamps with a hot iron on the hide of his cows and calves and steers. The mark is usually some simple little thing, like an X, or a circle, or a square, or two little bars. That mark is then known as the owner's brand. In case there is ever any question about who owns a particular cow or steer, the cowboy only has to look at its brand or mark. Every year the herd is gathered together, and the calves that were born during the previous year are stamped with the owner's brand. If the cowboys find any steers with someone else's brand on them, these animals are returned to their rightful owner. If a man takes cows or cattle with someone else's brand on them, he is guilty of stealing. Out west, this is known as cattle rustling, and it is looked down upon and despised by all honest ranch owners. But what has all this talk about branding got to do with today's sermon? It has plenty to do with it, because every one of you has been branded, too. Oh, of course, 
I don't mean that you have a special mark burned into your body as the animals have. I mean that a brand has been stamped upon your soul. Who can tell me when you received that brand or mark upon your soul? No, you didn't get it when you were born, but you're close to the answer. Yes, that's it. You were branded when you were baptized. You received a special mark upon your soul, which we call a character. Exactly what does that mark look like? I don't know, and neither does anyone else on this earth. We won't have a perfect idea of what the brand looks like until after we die. How do we know that we received that mark on our soul when we were baptized? Because the church tells us that we did. We don't have a perfectly clear idea of that brand right now, but we do know that it cannot be destroyed or blotted out. There are two other times, besides baptism, when a person's soul is branded by God. Do you know what they are? Yes, that's right. The sacrament of confirmation and the sacrament of holy orders also impress an indelible mark upon the soul of the person who receives them. That is one of the chief reasons why each of these sacraments can be received only once. The mark of these three sacraments accomplishes two things. First, it points you out as belonging to Christ in a special way. Second, it gives you the power to carry on Christ's work in the world. The mark of baptism brands us as citizens in the kingdom of Christ. The seal of confirmation stamps us as soldiers in the army of Christ. The character of holy orders shows that we are officers in the army of Christ. When all the people who have ever been born into this world are gathered together by Almighty God for the last round-up, a day of general judgment, we'll be able to see clearly those who have God's brand stamped upon their soul and those who do not have this brand. Boys and girls, all of us have a great contempt for traitors to our country. If a person is proved to be a traitor, he loses his citizenship in this country. He is no longer an American. Please, God, none of us who bear the marks of Christ's sacraments upon our souls will be barred from our true country, heaven, on Judgment Day. End of section 22